Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 128 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's undedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. Like to say, the lads are back on. Lee's back from, from Turkey and the... Uh, Ian Woos them open over there, um, which is great, great to, to give us a bit of time, Lee, on a, on a Sunday evening. Uh, do appreciate it. And Pete's also back from doing his important, his important work, which is much more important than going on holidays during the football season. That Now, obviously, you can't see this. Lee's fashioned some kind of sofa up, which he bought uh, from Sports Direct. What, what's this? The Bluebird, Tur- <laughs> Bluebird Turkey 2022 champion. Exactly oh, that, mate. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. It's like the Ryder Cup, mate. It's massive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who did you pay? Who did you pay for that? <laughs> Played some good golf, mate. That's what I did. Played yeah. some good golf. Look at, look at that bar, uh, verified. Look, look, at Pete, look at Pete's face. He's wetting himself. With ease. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only thing we can laugh about at the minute. Yeah, well, listen, you've got to laugh, haven't you? You've got to laugh at other things outside of football. But we're here to discuss the blues. Fortunately or unfortunately, if you want to look at it, and it's uh, it's fair to say this week or the last last few days are, are, have been a massive, massive roller coaster of emotions and and typical almost probably of the of the Frank Lampard era. I'll probably say, you know, we go to Goodison Park on Thursday night, and we, we come away, and we're going to discuss this in more detail shortly. We come away with a, a absolutely vital win against all odds, this, despite everything being against us. And the Premier League determined to, to get us relegated. We, to, to come away with a point, uh, three points, a 99th minute winner from a, a you know a hugely unlikely source, an unlikely hero in, in Alex Obi. And we were we were you know in cloud nine really, weren't we? And then we go into the cup game today, quarter final the FA Cup at Sellers Park. You know, we're thinking the players are going to have some kind of confidence. 
going into that game, started the game well, to be fair. You know, we were a much, much better side. And then we come away, away with a, a 4-0 defeat and, and you sit there, don't you? Pete sort of scratching your head, thinking, you know, as a player, are they so relying on the fact that at Goodison Park, you know, the atmosphere was incredible on, on Thursday. Are they solely relying on us as a fan base to get them over the line and, and only turn up uh, at home? It was, it was a strange watch, wasn't it? Because at 2-0 down, I, I found myself thinking that there's still so much football left to play. You know, we, we can get back in this. I was thinking about those first sort of 20, 25 minutes, as you say, thinking if, if we can get back to that, you know, put these under a bit of pressure, we can get a goal. Let's get Calvert-Lewin on. You know, we get to 2-1 and, it, you know, it's game on. They'll start to be nervy. We can get on the front foot. But it just never happened, did it? Yeah, Calvert-Lewin came on, but we never looked close to sort of turning the game. And the, the, absolutely, the players really seem to be lacking whatever it is from, from within them. Um, it was a strange performance. And, you know, I, I don't think Everton should be losing 4-0 to anyone for me. Um anyone ever, especially not Crystal Palace um, and especially not a Crystal Palace side that, let's face it, weren't really that good. I mean, yes, they got lucky with a couple of the goals, arguably the last two, um, but the first two we, we handed to them um, in, in different ways. And I think the worry is after the, you know, the heights of, <laughs> of Thursday, you know, can we say, I think everyone was hoping there might be a bit of a um, sort of kick on in terms of performance, you know, we, we've got that vital win. It was a real te- you know, team performance, clean sheet, you know, not a clean sheet in ages. Let's go now to Palace with a bit of pressure off because it's the cup, um, you know, and show what we can do and, you know, maybe even express ourselves or, you know, enjoy our football. But again, we never really got going. And I think when we were on top in the early stages of the game and, and didn't really get anything to show for it, it was almost like the, you know, the, the players lost a bit of something mentally. I think you summed up perfectly there for me in terms of after Thursday, the players surely, surely take something from that to show that we can keep a clean sheet, which is, which is massive for us. We haven't had one, like you said, for such a long time. You know, we picked up three points in, in a vital relegation not so much as six points because Newcastle pulled away, but was it was a huge pressure in that match. We went down to 10 men, which was absolutely farcical, which we'll discuss shortly anyway. And those players must have turned up, like you say, pressure off, not only a game, FA Cup quarter final against a, mid, a mid-table Crystal Palace side. You know, a side that in any normal season, we you know, we wouldn't we shouldn't be going there with any kind of fear. Yes, they've improved under Patrick Vieira. Yes, they've got players that are athletic and you know quick and we always say we, we hate playing against sides like that, but we're having a football club and we, we should have something about us to go there today and, and do, do do a little bit of damage or at least come away and, and get through to the semi-finals. And that's a disappointing thing, Lee, isn't it? The fact that whatever we did take from Thursday, we seem to show for maybe 20 minutes, possibly, but that's nowhere near enough and it's not good enough, is it, when it comes to trying to get on, get on some kind of run to, to, to get that confidence building even more. Yeah, it's a tricky one that, and Lampard alluded to it in his post-match, saying he keeps on getting asked about momentum and like you know that's a that's a momentum killer completely. You know, as soon as you get a win, you want to try and follow it with another. Yeah, it's not quite as simple as that. 
you know, I felt a little bit for Lampard today. Um, I mean, you know, he's come into a really tough situation. We know that. An extremely tough situation. Mid-season, he had, what, one, one and a half days in the transfer window to try and work on things. He hadn't even seen the players at that point. Um, and I know he's got a lot of abuse or seems to be getting a lot of calling outs on, on social media, on Twitter today, after the game, saying how naive he is tactically, um, how how bad he was defensively at Chelsea and, and, and everything else. And, Look, there's a bit of credence to that. I agree. You know, there were little things you could possibly say. Do we need to play and be a bit harder to beat? Do we need to basically just sit off completely and just, you know, be compact and 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 try and nick a goal? And he clearly has a style of play, and his style of play is front foot football, isn't it? He's trying to press teams high, win the ball high, and you know, like the modern way really nowadays. Which you know, any you ask any neutral or any fan, they want that they want they want their teams to play that way. And, you know, we clearly started that way today. We were depleted in midfield going into the game. Alan, no, no doubt, would have started today. Obviously, if it wasn't for the cup-side fast rule, that we definitely would have probably had Van der Beek in there as well. Or certainly, you know, possibly he would have gone three in midfield if all those were available. So he's had to go with Decore and Gomez. And, you know, as we know this season, that, that's a really difficult midfield because obviously, you know, teams have walked through us when we played that midfield in the past. But if you look at that first 20 minutes before the Townsend injury, that's, I think, what Lampard's Everton or what he wants Everton to be under him. And we really pressed them. You know, the front three pressed them high. The midfield followed suit with the wing-backs pushing as well. And, you know, OK, we didn't create three, four, five chances, but we, we certainly put them under, didn't we? I mean, that's that's as good as a way start as you're going to want without scoring a goal, isn't it? And that's what McCoy Stephen said himself. He said, I've seen quite a few teams come away this season. I've seen quite a few games. I've not seen many home teams come under this, you know, and, and we, we just couldn't get that goal. And that is a big worry at the minute. You know, we, we, we don't look like we're going to be able to score two or three in a game. And as we know, we've lost a lot of creativity in the side. And that's another story, you know, for, for, for different reasons. But that's Lampard's Everton for me, what he wants us to play like that, those first 20 minutes. And that injury sort of killed the momentum. Townsend has started the game well as well at his old club. And then, you know, then from then on, obviously Palace starts to get a bit of a foothold in the game. And like, you can see the softest goal, isn't it? It's, it's another corner. It's another really, you know, simple header. It's just like Wolves, really, isn't it? It's just like Wolves all over again in that respect. You know, it just concede a really soft goal. And as we know with this side, how weak they are mentally. And, and once that goal had gone in, you just, you, I don't know, we, we just shrunk a little bit, didn't we? We just shrunk again. Yeah, massively so. And, and, and we are going to discuss, obviously, the, the game, the cup game in, in much more detail. Uh, but I think, it's, I think it's really important. We've not spoken ourselves as a podcast. Mm. We haven't recorded since since um, the Newcastle game. The last time we, we, we did a podcast was, was on Monday when it was me and Phil. And I think it's really important we go back to that because... I think a lot of people have said it already. You know, our hopes when it comes to surviving in the Premier League, a lot of emphasis, rightly or wrongly, is being placed on Goodison Park. And there was calls again. You know, the, the call, the call to you know for the fans to, to get behind the players. And I, I was sitting there on Thursday night, nice and early, in there as soon as the the gates opened, basically, um, just to sort of you know just to try and settle in because it'd be 
nerves have been kicking in all day on Thursday because of the, the magnitude of the game. And, you know, if we want to stay in the Premier League, we've got to be beating sides like Newcastle. As simple as that. They've turned the corner. They've shown what you can do when you do bring a new manager in after, you know, a poor start under, under Eddie Howe. They turned the corner. You said to me they, they, they were the second most informed side in the league behind our yeah, they were, yeah. You know, before the game. And it shows you how well Eddie Howe and, and the players uh, that he's got there have done. So I was in there nice and early, you know, just uh, sitting there, a cup of coffee, just trying to, you know, make sure that if, if the fans, if they're all in there together, handy and get behind the players in the warm-ups, you know, it, it'll help things. Again, that game, you know, we go to some of that at its, at its incredible best. You know, we always say under, under the lights how good Goodison Park can be. Fans are absolutely exceptional. And like I said earlier on, the adversity that we face, and I've called the players and said, listen, every single time we face adversity in a game, we seem to crumble. On Thursday, it didn't happen. You know, it wasn't the greatest of games. We didn't have many clear-cut chances. Neither did Newcastle, to be fair. You know, Begovic played played pretty well. But Pete, how, how good was it to see Everton come away from a game of that magnitude, the pressure that was on us, going down to 10 men, come away with uh, a 1-0 victory in the manner that we did? I, I mean, I, I don't think massive does it justice. I think it's really difficult to put into words, as you say, when you look at that game as a whole, not only what it represented, how important the, the win was, but everything that went against us. Um, you know, especially watching that game, you know, first half, I can remember saying to, to you lads in our group, you can feel the goal coming. You know, I think Newcastle had a spell where they, they had a succession of maybe four or five corners and they were just constantly, um, you know, on, on, on the front foot, first to every second ball. Every time we tried to get rid of the ball, it you know, we barely got it out of our own half and it just came straight back at us. We had, uh, you, you know, Richarlison on his own struggling to make it, um, to, to make it stick against their centre-halves. And you could, you know, I had this feeling of being deflated thinking at any minute now it's going to go in um you know here, here we go again we, we don't look like we've got anything to offer it's, it was just a continuation of wolves but it was almost like we sort of grew into the game um you know the longer we were in it I, I think the players started to believe and I think the fans probably dragged them over the line um and after the sending off a point looked like a good point I think most Evertonians were thinking I'll take the point you know blow the whistle so for the ball to go in, as you say, to, to lift everybody, the, the the pressure, the relief, the justice as well, you know, the, the referee, to say he had a howler, again, is an understatement. It, you know, it's enough to make you paranoid when you look at some of the decisions that go against us. So it just felt massive. You know, the manager breaking his hand in the celebrations, you know, that that epitomises it, doesn't it? You know, what it meant to everybody in that, in that moment. So it's huge and I think it's really important we don't lose sight of that in terms of the league and I think we have to find a way of getting back to that spirit and, and sort of building on it again to go to West Ham and especially to go to these away games um, you know I'm hoping today doesn't sort of damage our, our momentum too much um, because it would be a, a real shame if it did Yeah I agree with you on that front with Pawson mate he had an absolute howler didn't he absolute howler and then Atwell, who was ironically then referee in the game today, um, was equally as culpable for for that sending off. I mean, I mean, it's as clear a day 
a cynical foul to stop a counter-attack from a dangerous player. And then he goes and gets it reviewed. And then literally the calls calls for a red. I mean, I mean, it's another, you know, they, they apologised literally two weeks ago for a shocking decision. And then literally two weeks later, that happened. I mean, it, it was absolutely shocking, that decision. Anyone that's played football at any level knows that literally he's gone there just to take him out to stop a counter-attack and take a cynical yellow. And even the referee thought that. For that to be overturned was a disgrace. Absolute disgrace. Now, luckily, we were gone on. It didn't cost us. We went on like and scored a fantastic goal through a Wobie, by the way. Fantastic goal, that is. Brilliant play from Coleman. Lovely feet from a Wobie. You know, we know he's got that in his locker. He just needs the confidence. Like Lampard said, he's a really quiet lad. He's you know, a little bit of an introvert, if you, if you want to say that by the looks of it. But what a goal. Lovely touch from Dom. Lovely. And, and, and you know, that, I mean, Mike, you were there. Um, I mean, I was actually in the air at the time. I watched the first uh, 15, 20 minutes and we started the game exceptionally well. Obviously, Godfrey had that chance. And then Newcastle, who were clearly playing with no fear. They're clearly, like you said, Mike, they're pulled away from relegation. The signings Eddie Howe has made, has made, has made a difference. He's had more, way more time, obviously, than Lampard has, hasn't he, to try and, to try and do it. He's had a whole transfer window as well. Lampard had a couple of days. And, and, and he's managed to build that team and coach them, in, you know, and, and they've had some great results. in starting around about oh, the time they beat us, wasn't it, around then at their place. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they came in there and, you know, clearly we were playing with a side full of confidence. And they showed that, uh, you know, second half of the first half. But then, you know... I was absolutely panicking like hell because obviously they were starting to get on top when we took off and then I landed. I was refreshing our WhatsApp constantly. When they'd land, you know, you know, you kind of come into land and you're about what, I don't know, five, you know, a couple of thousand feet above, above the ground and you start getting 4G or 5G or whatever it is. And I'm just panicking, thinking, Jesus, Jesus. And I just saw messages from Pete saying, get in, in like in capital letters. And I was just like, oh my God. But then I still didn't know we'd won. I didn't know whether that was an equaliser or whatever, you know, so I didn't know. So obviously then I was refreshing like hell to try and find out. But luckily, I mean, basically the advice is there, guys. Never, 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 never catch a flight when there's a game on. It's the worst thing ever. I was absolutely, I couldn't sleep. You know, we got landed about two in the morning, couldn't sleep. But anyway, on, on, a, side, on a side note, massive win. Massive, massive win that. They needed that. They needed, they really did. And, and, and you know, we'll talk about the cup game separately. But that, that, that in terms of, you know, be able to pull that little bit of distance away, get the win against, a, you know, an informed team. Um, and like Lampard said himself, it doesn't matter how we play now. You know, forget forget aesthetics, forget like playing pretty football, even though it was a beautiful goal. Let's now just just battle and just battle and battle and battle in every game. And and, and I think that that result epitomised that, didn't it? We just, we basically, like you said, Mike, we didn't fold. We stayed in the game. Yes, we conceded a few bits, but ultimately... You know, we basically ground that result out, didn't we, and scored a fantastic winner. I, th- I think, you know, what, what I took from it, okay, like I said, incredible win in incredible circumstances. What I took from it was the fight was there and we've called the players out so often to sort of question whether the fight is there. Do they want to be in this league? Do they want to ensure this club safety? And I think we saw on Thursday that the players are up for it. There's a mentality issue, as we know. It's fragile, as we know, as we saw again today. 
Well, just just isolating that game, I thought, I mean, Anthony Gordon threw an incredible tackle in the first half where the, the thud of when he won that ball was just incredible to, to hear. Um, and again, he was leading from the front. You know, you see James Collin win that tackle for the goal. Great tackle, you know, he, he committed to it. Uh, Put St. Maximum on his arse and then and away we went. Like you said, Lee, the football for the goal, great little shimmies from away. He was away. Wasn't a great pass, to be fair to, to Dom. Takes it in. A little pass around the corner was just incredible. Just great centre forward play. And you've got to take your hat off to Awobi. Wrong foot, slid it in, left foot. And those scenes were absolutely incredible. You know, I've, I've never, for many, many, many years, I couldn't remember the last time I'd seen scenes like that, you know, where there's just everywhere in the stand. Fans are rushing to the front of the stands as well to celebrate. Um, there was it was just sensational. I'm not going to pretend I didn't get a tear in my eye because of the, the the sheer relief. I looked up to the heavens and just literally couldn't believe it. I'm hugging all fellas by me, which you know on, on another night that wouldn't be allowed. But you know, yeah, I was hugging just random people anywhere. And, you know, they're, they're all everyone's all over each other. It's just that's what you. That's what football is. That's what being a football fan is all about, those moments. And if we stay in the league, we'll remember that because that was the game for me where the players did show that they have got a heart for a battle in the Premier League. And it was just just incredible. I mean, how many games are you going to go to where you you, um, you have a fella tie himself to a, to a goalpost with cable ties? Another fellow run past with, with big rusty ball cutters that have been in Goodison Park for about 25 years, never never being used. And another fellow run on and punched the fellow who he was on the uh, he was on the goalpost. You know, it was just just a ridiculous set of circumstances. The refereeing was appalling, the assistant referees were appalling, and not just the the Alan situation, Craig Porson all night where you couldn't wait to blow his whistle when it involved an Everton player being, you know, given a foul away. Newcastle quite often, rough and tumble with Richardson. When Don came on, he was getting it. We were getting nothing at all, absolutely nothing at all. And like I say, like Pete said, you do start to question, is there, is there some kind of motive here? And it's just something against against our football club because the decisions that we've faced in big moments this season, recently, and across the season, you know, across uh, across the whole season, was people shockers. And that's another one. And the fact that the Premier League and the FA decided to to say that that ban, that ban will stay in place. That's ramifications for us. First game was today. Missed Alan massively. You know, West Ham and Burnley. We're going to miss him. Huge. That's a But that came on its own for me. Atmosphere-wise, the best I've been to for many, many, many years. And like I've said it time and again, and we keep on banging the drum as fans. All we can do is is that. That's all that we can do as a fan base. Whether you like the players, whether you don't like the players, whatever it might be, whether you like the formation or not, I don't really care. Go to the game and do that, and that that's all that we can do, you know. And it was it was incredible. And I just hope that today doesn't have a bigger impact on those on those players in terms of confidence. We know that they're, they're quite fragile mentally, and whatever gains we got on Thursday. I hope, I just hope they're not lost going into to obviously the, the, the Premier League and we're back after the international break. 
Well, we've already been impacted already by that with Alan not playing today. Alan would have played today, I reckon. Mm. I think I genuinely sure. think he would, he would have played. So, you know, we've already been impacted. And, and I don't know whether you guys have seen the the bench cam. Have you seen the bench cam where obviously, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, all the all, all our staff going mad, Duncan's jumping up and down like a madman. Richarlison's ran the full length of the, you know, half the length of the pitch round to the park end. Incredible. Um but if you notice at the end of that, just before the guy boots the Lucasade bottles everywhere, which was absolute comedy, um, did you see them? Uh, was it Mike Riley on the sidelines there, the fourth official? Was it right? He was it on the fourth as the fourth official, Mike? Do you know? No, it was Mike Dean, wasn't it? Mike Dean, beg your pardon, Mike Dean. So he, he got, you know, and rightly so, by the way, I'd be the same as well because emotions are running high. They've clearly given him a bit of verbals as well as if to say, look, F you, you know, you, you know, whatever else they said as well. Um, but you know they were never going to overturn that. They were never going to overturn that after that because and this this for me is the problem we've got at the minute with this system or with this refereeing system. If they're not going to own up, you know, the, the, the city one they had to come out and own up to that because it was so you know every single every single pundit, everyone who was a neutral, anyone basically knew that was the biggest howler. So they had to come out and address that. But the problem is they're making mistakes every single week. Every single week, and in some of the less high-profile games, obviously it doesn't get any any sort of you know, any pickup at all, does it? You know, but obviously this this one here, if they're not going to come out and address that they're making these errors all the time, over and over again, if they're not going to come out and actually say, you know, look, we clearly see this is broken, we need to try and fix it. There's little things that are happening. Our decision-making process isn't great. Then it's never going to work. It's never going to. They're never going to be able to fix it if they don't address. It, think there's a problem. What is there a problem to fix for them? Do you know what I mean? And that's the problem. That's where we stand right now with this system. VAR isn't the issue. It's the people that are handling it. And even Lampard came out and said it himself. We need to get referees that just referee the games and are not one week in the van, one week on the pitch. You know, we need a specialist team of VAR people specific for that with no relationship to the referees. And they basically make, you know, they make the decisions or certainly have dialect with the referees and we can, you know, ideally in an ideal world, we can hear the conversations. Whether that'll happen, we don't know, but that, that's the ultimate where we need to be because it's getting beyond now, these these, these decisions. It's, it's getting embarrassing how wrong they're getting it as well. And, and you know, that, that was just another one. That could have cost us that game. That could have cost us the game, couldn't it? You know, it was the 82nd minute. It could have cost us, you know, the amount of injury time, you know, with 10, we had with 10 men as well. That could have cost us. You know, unfortunately, it worked in our favour. But you know, imagine we'd have lost that game after that. After after that, there would have been absolute uproar, wouldn't there? Absolute uproar afterwards. So, for me, they need to sort that out fast because they're making errors every single week. Now, it's not the odd one here or there. They're making howlers every single week, and the only ones that any get any sort of notoriety usually tend to be the games at the top end of the table. Well, it's just as important at the other end of the table as well. Yeah, that's the one thing. I mean, we've been saying it for for years since VAR came into the Premier League, but it's got worse as time has gone on. That's for sure. Um, even when they were, you know, even the Hamburg last uh, last season wasn't as bad as what we're seeing in terms of mistakes this season. And we seem to be the team who are losing out on, on a lot of a lot of decisions. You know, I don't know how we can actually say it was a clear and obvious error when he's booked Alan for for the tackle. It was a cynical tackle. If if it wasn't dangerous, by the way, so if he if he pulls him back there and you know throws him to the floor, he gets booked. 
that's no more dangerous than what he actually did. Let's let's not take it out of context. There's no difference whatsoever there. Hence why it was a yellow card and the referee got it right. The fact that Atwell told him to go and look at the screen. As soon as he as soon as he said that, I said to people around me, he's off. Well, they've never they've never changed it, Mike. Every time someone's gone to the screen, they've no one's no no not to use Lampard's words. No one's had the balls to then to then actually stand by their original decision. That's the problem we've got. I think it happened once at Crystal Palace. I think it was where, yeah, when there was once, no... once it should be it should yeah. be happening. It should be happening. Uh, you know, five times a week. Right. You know I mean, like literally, where referees go, yeah, you know what? Actually, leave it. I mean, they were initially reviewing a foul, potential foul on Coleman. Now, in the end, it probably didn't. It would have been a soft pen if they'd have given that. But you know, but the fact that, that you know, even the commentators and Shearer himself, who's obviously biased as hell towards Newcastle, was like, no, no way in a million years is that a red card. And you know, compare that to you know, we all remember that tackle by Shelby at nil nil, on on uh, Anthony Gordon at their place. Well, that scissor tackle was absolutely horrendous. That's a leg breaker. Mm. And, and Shelby turned around going, "Oh no!" And I'm, I'm off here. And I gave him a yellow, and, and it was nothing was batted after that at all, was it? Yeah. Nothing was mentioned. That's it. I mean, the, the the only consistency with with VAR is the inconsistency, and that's that's the. The frightening thing, and it costs it costs a lot. Like it could cost us, you know, if we look back at this season and decisions that we haven't been given, and they are chosen not to go in our favour. We're talking a lot of points. We we we'd, we'd be comfortably in mid table if things have gone the way that they should have gone. I'm not talking fifty fifty things here. I'm talking blatant errors. You know, Rondon pulled down against Brentford, blatant. So it was Anthony Gordon tackle from from Shelby. Man City handball, Southampton handball, Richardson penalty won against Spurs, overturned. We're, we're, you know, we're not talking, we're not talking things which, which as I say, are fifty-fifty. It's obvious. You see what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, every team I've had, I've had, could probably list five or six, but I think we've had some, particularly some shockers. I think we've had some shockers. Obviously, the most high-profile that the handball. But that that was another absolute, and for it to not be downgraded to at least one match ban as well. By the way, that is an up yours from them. That's an up yours from them to 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 our staff who probably gave the fourth official a bit of abuse there, just to say you know that's an up yours. You're not having it. You know what I mean? And that's that that's pathetic and petty as hell. That because you know if they weren't if they weren't you know having the balls to say okay we're going to overrule the red, they could at least turn around and say look we'll downgrade it. You know I mean they should have downgraded it at least minimum. Should have downgraded it. We've now lost Alan for two really important games. Really important games. Two away from home games as well. Both of them away from home. Yeah, massive. As I say, massive, massive ramifications for ourselves. Um, but, you know, looking at the game, like I said, vital win. A win from nowhere. A win out of nothing. You know, when a point would have been a good result after what happened. Um so fantastic, and that's why going into into the quarterfinal of the FA Cup, we thought we would see a better showing. We didn't do after those first twenty five minutes, but we're going to discuss that in a bit more detail and all the fallout from that game after this short break. Welcome back to the second part of this week's Unholy Fantasy podcast, where we're out of the FA Cup, like we said earlier on today. We, we, we lose 4-0, incredible to, to think we lost the game 4-0 to Crystal Palace, with all due respect. It shows you where this team is at, especially away from home. Um, 
but it's, it's got to be set piece and you know moments in, in games do change momentum we saw it ourselves against Newcastle that, that fella turned himself to the post probably helped us sort of regroup and, and took the momentum away from Newcastle Everton started the game today I thought particularly well Lee mentioned about Ali McCoy's making reference to it on commentary about how well we had started as, as an away side putting pressure on Crystal Palace then Andros Townsend gets injured. You know, it, it looks like it's a, a knee ligament injury. Frank Lampard said it doesn't look particularly great. So we're, that, that we're talking potentially six months, if not longer there, for, for Andros Townsend, who started the game, I thought, I thought quite well. That was the moment, wasn't it, where the, the tide certainly turned in that game? Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. Um, I suppose it, it slowed the game down. We lost our momentum. Um you know, it must have been hard for the players to, to to see Andros go off with a serious injury. You know that that is going to change the the, the, the mental approach of players to the game. Um, and we just took our foot off the gas, didn't we? It's simple as that. P- pressure came off. Um, we switched off on a set piece. Crystal Palace go ahead, and you think that's probably the, the crucial moment, isn't it? When we go one nil down, that's probably the moment then when head starts to drop. Head start to drop, and we just we can't get back on that front foot again. Um, you know, none of us are ever going to know, but I guess I would question whether the, the players would truly believe that at that point they could win the game. Um, because the second goal for for me was a million miles worse than the first. It, just no intensity defensively. I was thinking to myself watching the game. You know, defenders should hate giving up ground. Never mind conceding. You know, every inch of the pitch that the opposition team proceed with the ball should be an insult. You know, there should be a real organisation and aggression to a defence. I just thought, you know, I'm not going in on our players, but the four of them, are, they're just so mismatched. You know, you've got Michael Keane, who's, for me, an outstanding defender of the 18-yard box. But when you try and get him in a high line or you want him to get on the ball, I think can really struggle with his confidence. I think the Holgate who wears his heart on his sleeve and yet likes a, likes a tackle and he can pop up with a goal and he's aggressive, but I think he really struggles with his positioning and I, I think, again, his passing is often really wanting and Godfrey, I think, is a really promising future player, but I think he's another one who struggles positionally and I, th- I think, you know, you need safe, experienced players in a back four and the amount of space for the cross, for the second goal. I could not believe how much space there was be- between the back line and the two in midfield. And then when the ball comes across, there's no pressure. The players should be throwing themselves at that ball. And you just had the real feeling of defeat. So I agree. I, I think it was just a, a trickle effect, really. You could see the shift in the players from the moment Townsend went off. But I think... That probably led to a bit of disorganisation at the set piece. You know, we're just no longer as aggressive, no longer as intense. The goal goes in, heads go down. And I think that leads to the second goal because there was, there was just such a drop off of intensity. Um, and like I said before, but even when Calvert-Lewin came on, we never quite looked like getting back into the game. We never got back to that first sort of 20, 25 minutes and you could make an argument to say that's what's losing us games in the league as well, especially away from home. 
Yeah, when, when it went to when it went to two, Peter guys. If we go in, if we go in at one nil at half time. I think you've got a little bit this side. I mean, has got a little bit then to think. Well, okay, it's only a goal. When we go to two, there's almost then that acceptance. There's an acceptance, I think, as a fan base because I sat there thinking, game over, because we haven't shown any kind of signs of of scoring. You know, two or three goals in the game, especially from. That, that's the thing, isn't it? The fact that I think the players are of the same mindset where they, they, they face adversity and they struggle. I was just going to say on, on that note, I, I don't know if any of you lads watched the, the Chelsea game against, um, against Middlesbrough. Uh, I saw bits of it. saw bits of it, yeah. 2-0 two, two down and Middlesbrough just constantly on the front foot. They did, did not give up. They were so aggressive and they gave Chelsea problems until the whistle went. Even though Chelsea had that two-goal cushion, you guarantee they were relieved for, the, for that final whistle. They, they needed it. Um, I, I, and it was just a, it was a mirror image to us today. Like, like Mike said, the, the moment we went 2-0 down, you could, you could feel it amongst the players, amongst the fan base. And that's wrong, isn't it? Especially in a cup game, FA Cup game, 2-0 down. That's so wrong. The thing is, Peter, that, that's where the side is mentally at the minute, isn't it? It's 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 horrible to say, but um, and as I said before, and I've said this a few times on this podcast already, as Lampard, I thought Rampard. If you haven't listened to his post-match interview, anyone, go and have a listen to it because it, he's brutally honest, you know, and in, in, in saying that effectively, you know, calling out the players, effectively saying we should be, you know, we should be throwing ourselves at the ball, um, we we should, you know, that was our players at seventy percent. You even use the words as clearly a mentality issue. Um, that's something that can't be addressed straight away. It's going to take time. I, this, this was this was the same before I got here. Oh, it sounds like a list list of excuses there a little bit, you know, in terms of um, you know him maybe maybe defending himself as a manager. But he'll he 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 will be he'll be ashamed that that's one of his own. That's his team representing him on the pitch there. Like, almost like throwing the towel in at two nil now. Obviously, look, we'd had nine shots by half-time. Nine shots. Uh, so, therefore, now they, you could say they were clinical, but set-piece goal, and then, like you said, Pete, that second goal where it, it, it's half-arsed, sort of, you know, pressing slash tackling. And when Zahar's got in behind there, he just put it in an area. He hasn't looked up and picked the lad out. He hasn't picked him out at all. He's just put it in an area. Sadly, Gomez is jogging back. He's, he's let his man go. And, and, you know, we're nowhere near it to put a block on. You can't blame Pickford either. You know, first time, it's, it's past him before he can even move. And then, effectively, the lads have like, well, you know, basically that's it. But like you said there as well, but you get a goal. You get a goal. You get one goal. And they're, they're going to suddenly, you know, they're on the verge of getting to a semi-final at Wembley. They, you know, Palace is a team who've never won a major honour. I mean, never won a major honour. So they're going to start panicking. And and you know we just we just didn't get it and and, and you know, we didn't even look like really scoring in the second half. We had bits of the ball, you know they were they were doing little flicks and all that. They've obviously got some talented young players and you know they have signed they signed signed some real talent, real potential in you know in Elise and people like that. You look know, real 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 good footballers. But yeah, I I just think you know Lampard there is thinking that's my team representing me there. Yeah, you can talk about formations all you want. You can talk about personnel. He was his hand was limited today in terms of who he could play, especially in midfield. That centre back, you know, we don't we just don't look like him 
you know, keeping a clean sheet with that defence, by the way. We just don't. I mean, Ratcliffe came out himself, didn't he, on Twitter and said, like, you know, we started the game brilliantly. We were well on the front foot. We were the better side. How can you win games with this defence? And you can't. You can't win games with this defence. We can't keep a, clean, keep a clean sheet to save our lives, really, can we? And, and, that, and, that, and therein, therein lies the issue right now. It, it, it purely is that. We, we just look absolutely awful at the back. It just looks an absolute mess. You know, and, and you know, everyone's talking about Mina. I would say, yeah, we, we really lack a genuine out-and-out leader at the back, don't we? An out-and-out leader that can just basically grab the team and just say, look, certainly the back four and say, look, follow me. Because at the moment, it, it, it just can, feels completely rudderless. Completely rudderless. I mean, Holgate for that goal, of both goals, really, I think it was him culpable for the fourth one as well. He's playing 10 yards behind, behind, the, uh, behind the rest of the back four. You know, I mean, he's, he's just dropping off into it, playing everyone on side. Honestly, you shake your head. But, but ultimately, look, this was, this was a game today that if we got through to the, the, the semi-finals, fantastic. But deep down, deep down, we knew it was always going to be a tough ask away from home based on our home uh, away record. And then, you know, the likelihood that, the, you know, the, the, the potential opponents in the next round as we know as well. And, and I know that sounds defeatist, but it would have been very hard to win the cup, wouldn't it, if we'd have got through anyway? Yeah. I mean, I, I've said already about my concern is, is us staying in the Premier League and that's that's my priority and that's the close priority, I'm sure. However, it's, it's how you lose a game, isn't it? It's the manner of a defeat. And if we lose that game by, say, one goal, even a couple of goals today, and we put up a bit, a bit of a better performance in the second half, and had, had a go. You'd be all well. You you are more accepting of it. It's the fact that we've gone there and lost four 0 after starting the game so well, being on the front foot, causing them problems with, without creating a clear clear cut uh, opportunity. And um, so it's when you come away that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. The players, as I say, we 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 certainly gained certain things from the performance we had. Uh, on Thursday night and you know we saw the, the reactions of the players after the game and when we scored the goal and it was it was just sensational to see that and you just think take that into Sunday I know we're up against it I know we've got illness in the camp I know we, we've got um, a lot of players who are, who are cup tied who, who can't play you know and that, that does impact it takes away the quality that we you know any quality that we have got and, and it does decrease the quality available on the day and it's you know a lot of things were going against us. You know we we played at seven forty five and played the game, which was um a hundred and four. Well, it was longer. It was hundred and seven minutes long in the end. Um, we then are asked to then go and play an FA Cup quarter final at twelve thirty on a Sunday. So you've hardly got any recovery time. Our fans are getting coaches at our four or five in the morning. By the way, which I thought was you know expect not nothing nothing less. But, what, what a support we've got, what a following we've got. So a lot, of, a lot of stuff was against us, but you just expect a bit more. You know, you, you expect the players to, at least if you're going to get beat, go out with, you know, on, on your shield, so to speak. And that's a disappointing thing, isn't it? And like you said, Lee, Frank Lampard has put it on the players. He's told the players, you've got to take responsibility. You, you, you've got to believe. There's only so many times you can tell a player, He's good enough for to have belief, and you no, know, I've 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 got the like Lampard was saying, I've got the 
the balls to you know to actually show it and go out and play. And that's the that's the thing, isn't it? It's up to the players to to go out there and show that they have got it. And I think, like I say, the the attitude when we went to two 0 down, the body language, it was then inevitable, which is totally wrong, that we were going out against an average Crystal Palace side. I don't care what anyone says. You know, yes, they've got some good players, some good young, skillful players, but should that Crystal Palace size be, be scoring four goals against us? Not in a million years. But that we, that we are. And, you know, that game wasn't as important as Thursday, but the manner of defeat today was still highly disappointing. Yeah, I, I, to- I totally agree with that, Mike. I do, I do totally agree with it. It's the way you lose. I do agree with that as well. What I don't want now, I'm seeing an awful lot of negativity. I mean, again, as we've said a million times, social media represents a very small microcosm of, of, of fans' opinion. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of fans now starting to call for Lampard. Not call for him to be sat, but, you know, sort of the early tremors, shall we say, of Lampard getting some stick. Um, and, and, you know, people, I, I thought, you know, told we should never have gone for him. You know, he wasn't the right guy. I mean, I, I had a bit of a mini sort of chat with someone who was saying that, Rooney, get Rooney in now. Get rid of Lampard and get Rooney in. I mean, I mean, come on, man. I mean, like, seriously. I mean, it's it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, let's be honest. It, it wasn't exactly a stellar list of you know of, of of the who's who of managers, was it? On the list in the first place. And you know, let's be honest. Ninety percent of fans wanted Lampard. Look at the lengths that we went to to so we'd make sure we didn't get Pereira, for example. You know what I mean? So. You know, we've we've got Lampard now. Yes, you could say look, he's, he's possibly trying to trying to play a style of football when we maybe haven't got quite the players to play that way. I think we've shown it in flashes. But a bit like a bit like Ranick, Ranick at United. I think we've shown it in flashes, but we can't sustain it. Whether that's we haven't got the fitness levels, we haven't got the legs, you know, we haven't got the quality. Probably a mixture of everything. Probably a mixture of all all, all of those things. But you know, he's clearly got a style of play slash philosophy that he wants to do. Now you know a few a few lads are calling, uh, and I want to get both your opinions on this. Really, actually, a few people you know who, who I respect talking to on, on Twitter have, have said, "Does Lampard, you know, does he need to let, sort of swallow his pride a little bit now away from home, and essentially play four four two, and and just sit off and just be incredibly hard to beat, and 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 try and take either a nil nil or nick a goal and one one nil. I mean, what what, what do you guys think? Is, is that the way? We what we, we should resort to now, and, and 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 to try and get results away from home in particular. What what's your thoughts? I think it's I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because you know he's already alluded to the fact that you know it's not about how you win. It's not it's not about being pretty in you know when it when it comes to winning games. It's about finding a way. It's literally about finding a way. I think we've got to probably try and try and be compact and, and, and sit in a little bit. I, I would prefer the three in midfield. I think today it was never going to happen because we didn't have the personnel to do it. You know, we've got suspensions and injuries and one, uh, and people cup tied, so it was never going to happen. People can say about it all he wants, put Godfrey in there, put Holgate in there. That's all well and good, but they don't, they don't play in there. They don't, they don't do it. Throw, you know, throw uh, the young kid Price in, well, why would you, you know, what, what are we what are we expecting these kids to come in and do this time? I just don't think I understand why why he, he hasn't done it. I'm not saying five at the back is, is is the way I'd want to go, but I think I think in the league when we've got the players available, I think four three three is the better way to, to approach the game. 
we give a bit of protection to the back four with that midfield three. We allow the core who's you know seems to be playing well within himself currently, you know, whatever the reasons behind that. We allow him to have a bit more of a license to go to go further forward. Um, but I think we've got to first things first is keep a clean sheet, don't concede goals. If you do that, you don't lose a game and you pick up points. So we've got to be conservative in our approach, but still with you know on the counter, uh, you know, we've still got to be got to be dangerous and, and pose a threat. Otherwise, you know, we you just gotta if you do concede the goal. You snook it, aren't you? And then you get nothing from, from the games. But for me, conservative, yes. Because first things first is Duncan Seagulls. Pete? I mean, you, you could make an argument. You could look at the Leeds game, couldn't you? Where we played we played a 4-4-2. It was a low block um, pretty much most of the time. And, you know, they had a pressing system. Pretty much when they brought into our half, we sort of pressed aggressively from the front. And you might say that that's one of our best performances under Lampard. Um, however, he seems to be the type of coach who looks at the team we're playing against and you know tries to pick a formation and, and set out what he feels is the best team rather than playing a particular philosophy. I mean, we've we've had what um, like what three four three or five. Um, Five two three in in several games. We've had four two three one. We've had four four two. You probably wouldn't. You, ironically, you'd probably say the, the only formation we've we've not fully had is a four three three, which is the formation he's most known for uh, apparently playing. Um, so either he, he doesn't think that we've got the players to to play that way, um, or or yeah, he's he's not intent on using it with us, but. I mean, I don't know. I I think it would sort of be a step back, really, and I don't. I just don't think Lampard would play that way. You know, why would you? You know, the the, the club have gone with Lampard, not Duncan Ferguson. That's no disrespect to Dunk, but if that was the way forward, surely that's you know that's the approach the club would have taken. You know, why give him the job and then ask him to play a very different style of football and not the style of football that? the club are going to be looking for long term. Yeah, I can see that point. It's just more around, it's just like away from home, isn't it? It's away from home. It's kind of like, do we need, is that, is that what we need away, away from home? Is, is it that, you know, that, that sort of like, just, just be horrible basically. And, and just swallow his pride a little bit and go, look, essentially just, just go there, sit off, and, and, and just, just be, just be very, like almost Allardyce style football. Well, it didn't work for Rafa, did it? No, no, I agree. I'm, I'm not. I'm talking about now. It's needs must, isn't it? We just need to just try and get someone away from home. Whether he, you know, I personally think we're just not good enough to keep clean sheets, regardless of the formation we play. By the way, if we did try and sit off and not, you know, like you said, under Rafa, we did do that. We did play that way, um, and even against teams that were much better than, like the likes of Brentford and people like that, we sat off and tried to be hard to beat. But we conceded. We conceded regularly, didn't we? We conceded regularly in those games. So I, I just don't, genuinely don't think we've got that ability to be able to keep clean sheets. Maybe Lampard and his team have decided that themselves. Maybe the best way is to play front foot and try and play be a, be a bit more be a bit more aggressive going forward and, and play with a high press. Maybe that is maybe that is what he sees and what we don't see. But but for me, you know, we could have this argument a million times. One thing that we do need to make sure though, a hundred percent, 
what we do need to make sure is that we back this manager and we back the team till the end of the season, regardless. We cannot afford to be breaking ranks now and, and, and you know, essentially falling out with each other, falling out with the... I've, I mean, I'm just seeing so much hatred towards towards the team, towards us as a team. I just look in a lot of cases. Yeah, look, I can see, I can see some of that, but yeah, it's just you're a supporter. You're a supporter first and foremost. You know, wind, rain, sunshine, whatever. You know what I mean? Like we support the team. We we've got to get behind them now. It was hard to back Rafa. It was hard to back him because of who he was and his in his past and the style of football. But we can't be we can't be looking to sack another manager again. You can't you can't be doing it all the time. We're not, we're not at that point. Are it's not, not about that. It's about what we see, and we've had a discussion multiple times, especially in recent weeks. And you said it before about about social media, and you know you see a lot of comments, and you think that that's the belief of every every Evertonian. I, I certainly not, um, but you know it, it certainly uh, is magnifies when, when people shout and scream and you know, frustrated and we, we get that because we feel it we feel it ourselves, of course we do, and we've got our concerns. You know, it's they those, those kind of comments and those kind of tweets, they're the ones that stick out and they stick in your mind and what have you. So it's one of those. I mean one thing that we cannot that we can't question is the commitment about Evertonians because like I say, Thursday the, the ground was absolutely incredible. The support today was absolutely incredible. You know, even when it was two 0 down I could hear Everton fans trying to get behind the team and, and what have you. So we can't question that. And it, it's up to the players. You know, we will do our bit. As a, as a fan base, we will do our bit. That's all that we can do. As a player, you've got to react. You've got, I mean, there's the talk of Bill Kenner going in and giving his, his speech and things like that. You know, whether that's done any good, I don't know. Um, but the players are constantly being reminded by ourselves, by things that the club are doing, like that behind closed doors meeting about what it means to play for this club and the fact that we are backing them as best we can. Um, and what, the, you know, the, the aim is to stay in the Premier League and the players have got to, you know, it's their job as a footballer now to keep us in the Premier League. So I don't, I think that there's a lot of frustration, rightly so. There's no way we should be in this position that we find ourselves in. We think that we turn a corner like we did Thursday, and then we see what we saw again today. Um, that's the that's the concern of, of of all fans, and I just think now we've got a two week break, which I think has probably come at the right time because we've got no momentum anyway. We can refresh. Players obviously the illness that the camp we've had quite a few players who've been struck down with that, uh, a few injuries. Obviously, Dom who had a little bit of a reaction. After Thursday, gives him two weeks now. He's not being called up by England, so it gives him two weeks to get himself ready to go for for the West Ham game. So I think I think we're probably all happy now to sort of take this two week break. When we saw we saw Brentford lose today, which again, it's, you know, we're looking for positives. That's a, a positive thing. It's a side that we we've got what three games in hand on on Brentford, a side that we we, we lost to dragging to to the relegation mix. Lost again uh, today to Leicester. Um, so, good time to refresh, and I think I think it's probably good good piece for all Evertonians to have a little bit of a break over the next the next couple of weeks and take take a step back, is is what I'd say. Um, because I, I, as we know, Pete, I've said this before, the, the mental health aspect, and people might may laugh at this who don't really follow football or football teams, 
But the mental health aspect of, of following a football team, especially when they're struggling the way that we have been doing, it can really, really impact you. You, you know, your, your, your day, your, your working week, whatever it might be, it can really, really lay heavy on your mind, can't it? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, look, let, let's be right about it. People build their lives around the, the football club. And I think especially true of, of Evertonians, you know, whether you, you live in the city or, or you don't, a, a lot of people have grown up um, or were growing up living through football. I, I totally, totally agree. I think it was a Rachel, Rachel Brown Finnis was actually working for Amazon Prime. And she said that about, you know, how, this football club impacts people within the community because obviously the work that we do as a football club, how, how, how important as a football club we are to, to, to people's lives. And I think, you know, like I say, people need to understand that it really can play with your emotions. We've seen it this week, especially with Everton, you know, from being sky high Thursday to, to then dropping, you know, dropping down again on a, uh, on, on a Sunday. Well, people might laugh at this, but when I was at the Wolves game, there were periods in that match where I felt like saying, "Give me a shirt." Mm. Honestly, yeah. give me yeah. a shirt because I was I was I was looking at what I was seeing on the pitch, and I was thinking, "The players not running here. There's people not putting a shift in." And I, I'll do that. And I think I think this is why people get worked up because you, you know, there's a bare minimum standard that we expect, and I think when that's not met or when things aren't going you know, the, the way that things should or terrible decisions are going against us, it really does affect you because it's, you know, yeah, yes, in one way it's just a game, but in another, you know, this is people's lives and, um, you know, the, this is one way that people experience the world. It's it's important stuff. Yeah, mass- massively, massively important. And like I, like I say, Lee, this two-week break now was probably what we all, what we all need as a fan base, as a club to reset Give Frank Lampard a bit more time with the players behind closed doors, maybe sort a few issues out. Try and just try and instill something into those players before we we hit a, the the most pivotal part of the season. Yeah, if anything, this break will do is good, won't it? This break will do is good now to to sort of you know have a mini reset. We've got two, well, we've got three games in the space of nine days, isn't it? It's a game of you know every three you know we've got these fixtures these fixtures coming back it's it's um it's 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 vital we get something out of those games absolutely vital we get something out of them um you know especially the Burnley game because we we have to try and at least not lose there uh, and try and take a point um but Lampard's come out and been very honest there in terms of players and and, and calling them out like I said before so you know ha- let's see let's see how they react after that I mean the the two-week break now, though, is, is you know what happens then. Um, you know, I imagine the players will be given some time off. Um, for me personally, I'd, I'd be getting them in the in, in in two weeks of bloody training and we're absolutely working them to the bone, to be honest. But whether that's going to happen or not, we don't know. But um, yeah, so let, 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 let's see how it plays out, lads. But it's just it's just a real sort of uh, up and down week on the whole, isn't it? In, in terms of you know fantastic result in the week without being fantastic on the pitch in terms of a playing performance and then just what felt like was almost back to normal um you know well today in in terms of the FA Cup but like I said before let's not get too downhearted we've, we've got to get behind this team now no matter what uh, and and the fans look great to the fans against Newcastle they were well behind the team but you know we can't suddenly go from you know 
you know, absolutely loving the players and you know, Awobi or well, what a goal you this, and then suddenly absolutely hating them again. You know, it's almost like you know we call us bipolar FC in terms of the players on the pitch. We're almost being that as a fan base as well, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we are. But I, it, it's a we, we know how difficult it is. We're all living it. People will try and deal with things in their own way and react in their own way, and and, and we get it, and we get it. Um, as by the way, you mentioned there about being in the air when uh, we were playing Newcastle. I will be in the air when we play Man United on the 9th of April. So I'll uh, I'll look forward to to that uh, when I when I land at my uh, holiday destination to see what the score is. Then not, um, but yeah, it's going to be I say good good two week break. Let's let's get the lads back refreshed. Let's uh, you know West Ham that that weekend is a big weekend for us in terms of. Who other teams are playing? Waffle go away to Liverpool, Norwich away at Brighton, Burnley at home to Manchester City, uh, Brentford away at Chelsea, Leeds have got Southampton. So, you know, we, we go to West Ham. Just, just let, let's just try and pick something up. Let's try and get something from the game. You know, we'll just take ourselves away if we can before we then go to Burnley, where, like you say, Lee, they're not lose that game is, is probably the, the, the big message. Um, but that's us for this week. That's us, you know, busy show, been a busy few days for the Blues, like we said, up and down week, uh, emotional roller coaster. Uh, so we have a little bit of a break ourselves, which would be which would be nice before we, we come back post West Ham to discuss the Everton away performance. Hopefully it's a positive one. Um, Pete, you got any kind of hope for that or or is it going to be another all doom and gloom? Well, the, the break gives me hope. You know, come back, refreshed, Fitter, stronger, more organised. It's two weeks to prep for the game. No, I'm really hopeful we can go there and get something. And what, what, what a great note to finish on. So we, we'll, fin- we'll finish it there. A bit of positivity. And we'll catch everyone after the West Ham game in a couple of weeks' time. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.